Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. I'm here with my buddy Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we just had a very nice conversation, our actual second conversation, with our very special guest this week. Mr. Illa J. Yeah, Mr. Illa J. God, extend a thank you to him for coming on the podcast. Yeah, we, what, hap- what basically happened was we recorded with him last week and then we had a bit of a technical difficulty and mm-hmm. a lot of it got deleted. So, but he is a lovely man and decided that he'd come on again and record the whole thing again with us and add even more. Yeah. Um, so big up to LJ. That was yeah. really nice of him. Um, yeah, we had really interesting conversation with him about some things that are very relevant in society. We spoke a lot about the protests going on. Um, we spoke about his where he sees himself in hip hop and where he wants to, well, where he wants to be in wider music. Artists he looks up to. Don't know. He's just he's a very lovely man. We had a, a very good conversation. Mm. Yeah, it was quite interesting to me because he talks about a lot of like who he listens to and artists that inspired him, and almost none of them were hip hop related. Like there was a mm-hmm. couple that were in hip hop, but most of them were like I don't know rock or indie or soul or funk and people like that. So mm-hmm. it was quite interesting to hear like all the different things that go into his music. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to see what what makes an artist. One thing um, that I've just remembered that we didn't talk about this this time, but we did last time that was really interesting, um, is that he grew up with nobody knowing um, about his brother. <laughs> that, that's just something, that's oh, an yeah. extra tidbit for you. <laughs> well, nobody at school yeah. knowing about his brother. Yeah, yeah. all his friends didn't realise that he was brothers with Jay Diller. And yeah. then like, it came out like years later and they were like, what the fuck? Like, why don't you tell us? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a little extra thing because we forgot, to, well, we didn't address that. And we also didn't really talk about Slum Village because we just had so much to get into. Yeah, honestly, he, he spoke about so much. I was very appreciative because I was a bit worried that like, he wouldn't go into quite as much detail about his answers this time because he'd already given them. But he literally went into as much, if not more, about everything, which was cool of him. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's stop delaying the process. <laughs> yeah, shut Everybody. up, Aaron. Let them out. <laughs> Let him speak uh, already. <laughs> Enjoy our conversation with Villa J. Yeah. Woo! Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. I'm here again with my buddy Aaron and this week we've got a very exciting guest, a multi-talented rapper, singer and producer. Illa J, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Good, good, good. How's things with you? Oh, good. Just um, the market is doing good. So <laughs> things are great. <laughs> People That's are flying true. again. <laughs> <laughs> Not to give up my investment. Well, you've been investing in <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about, not to get... I mean, this isn't a huge topic in the podcast, but I was going to ask you about um, your investing. Are you investing in, like, are you doing actual statistical analysis or are you investing on 
stuff that you like or just things that you um, think will do well? Kind of a mixture of both. It's like, it's like in a sense of like, um, honestly, not even things I like, honestly, because I'm not one of those people like, ooh, I like Jordan, so I'm going to buy Nike, but like, I'm more like, a, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like the airline industry is one of the things um, I was interested in just because uh, people need to fly. Things. So I saw like the, uh, it was really, yeah. the, 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 a lot of the prices were really, really low in that industry. So it's like, there's no way it's going to stay yeah. like that forever because people got to get around. Like the only reason, yeah. it's not like people don't want to fly. People are not flying because there are rules that are restricting them, that were restricting them. So it's like, as soon as, I'm just saying you see mm. people processing and they out in the streets together. So I don't think people... People want to be around other people. It's just what it is. Like people are like going crazy right now that they can't be around their friends, around other people. So, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, just based off of that knowledge, mm-hmm. I, I know that people, you know, they won't have a problem being buying other passengers flying soon. So I know that industry, and that's kind of how I, yeah. you know, I look at it like that. Like, because um, it's an actual business. It's not just a what they call it, a ticker or whatever. It's not because I think that's how some people see it. Mm-hmm. It's just like a number, and and, and if that's the case, you basically just playing roulette. On a, on a huge roulette yeah. table, but that's that's not it. It's actually, um, I mean, it can be if you don't analyze yeah. your investments. But I think it's it's important that you understand what you, the business um, that you're investing to and like what type of business, how long it's been around, and all of that type of stuff. But yeah, I, I, I love I love talking about investment mm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. Man. I tried. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Is I. I have no knowledge of it and i got into it when the crash happened for the virus and i was literally like uh i think people are going to start probably drinking more because they won't be able to go anywhere and then i just invested in like a tonic company because oh. lots of people have gin and tonic and it went up like 60 percent what really? that's crazy man. That's <laughs> but so like, dope. but i was like obviously doing very low risk investments so i bought like two stocks and then sold them (laughs) but still it was an exciting time but sorry i jumped ahead a bit we should explain what happened (laughs) so we actually this is our second conversation we were with illa before like last week and we had a bit of a technical difficulty so we're doing a re-recording that's why i already knew about his interest in investments and we're trying to keep it interesting (laughs) but the investing's going well yeah, it's going because that's the thing. Is uh, like basically, it's something within your room, and each of our rooms is something that makes a lot of money. Like it's something that we all like. I don't know. It's like a, a clock or something. I don't know. And it's like ooh, like and it's someone that was just like it's like clocks already exist. I'm making another version of a clock. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's like so many things like that. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like money all around us. This was crazy about yeah, that. Yeah, it's mad it's that like, everything we have has been made by someone. Yeah, because we always think, oh, well, it's already been made. It's like, you think, okay, it was like MySpace, cool. Then it's like Twitter. You think Twitter, that's, yeah. you think that's it. And it's like, no, I actually don't, now it's Instagram. And then now, like I said, like, I think I mentioned this last time, I feel like, I feel like Twitch is, I don't know, I just gotta, I just have this crazy feeling that Twitch and like Zoom and stuff like that is going, that's like the next wave. Yeah, well, it's quite interesting you mentioned Twitch because, um, there's a DJ that I quite like called DJ Yoda, who's quite big in the UK. And um, he does like a Twitch stream, I think, every week. And he said that Twitch now have like locked down on their copyright laws. And if DJs get found like playing music that they don't own, then their whole channel can get shut down. 
which is oh. interesting because like you would have thought that Twitch would try and like capitalize on all these DJs using their stuff and try and build, I don't know, like Shazam or some kind of similar software into the Twitch. Yeah. But instead they kind of took the opposite approach and went, fuck these guys. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's crazy because a lot of people, that was some one of their reasons was like, ah, oh, well, on Instagram, I get shut down for that. So if I go to Twitch, I could just yeah. do my whole show. But then it's like, that defeats the purpose if they do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the next big thing is that there's going to be a music live streaming platform then. Yeah. Well, I know the Mixcloud have started like trialing a live streaming thing, but you have to pay for it, so I haven't used it before. Mm. Whoa, that's crazy what you said. <laughs> if it was like Spotify, but like you click on the artist and it's actually them performing. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> that's the other shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, the next thing. Like, low-key, that's probably it. We're, we're going to be laughing about it. Like, damn, we could have did it. Like, <laughs> we thought that this time around we would start the show a little bit differently and um, ask you some quick-fire questions. Mm-hmm. And kind of the aim of... Me and Aaron have written some different ones. The aim of it is you basically answer with the first thing that pops into your head. Like kind of maybe one, not one word answers, but like the first thing you think of in short, short answers. Okay, okay, dope. They're not all going to be music related, just so you know. Yeah. Okay, Some cool, of them might cool. seem like weird questions, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dope. first question, East Coast or West Coast? That's tricky. You gotta be quick. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> okay, I gotta be quicker than that. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's tough for me because I'm I'm from the Midwest, so I'm like yeah. I'm like <laughs> I'm in be- I'm like in between. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, mm. I, if I, I do, I have to, I have to pick one, right? Well, yeah, I guess. I'll just say East because I grew up on the East Side east. of Detroit. So yeah, I just go to East Coast. Next question: In the morning, what do you have for breakfast? Cereal. <laughs> what? What cereal? Uh, cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> mm, I, I respect that. I respect that. All right. Next. Next up. Pizza or pasta? That's like the daily question. Loki. Like, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with pasta. I'm gonna go with pasta. Mm, I feel like I could, pasta could last longer. I feel like after a while, like pizza just becomes like. It's like, ah, I'm eating pizza again. It's like, ah. <laughs> you can mix it up more with pasta, I think. <laughs> pasta is slightly a bit more versatile, but pizza is pizza. Um, what artist do you most look up to? Prince. Um, mm. Prince, Stevie, James Brown. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll just say, I look up to... I You're look up to quick fire. <laughs> <laughs> I look up to artists who play their own instruments. It's important to me because then when mm-hmm. I'm listening to it, it just makes me feel like everything that I'm listening to is them. Mm-hmm. Like the more that they play on the record, the more that it feels like it's this whole experience. Because it's like, oh my god, they played everything. Like, like that's why Prince yeah. is, to me is such an experience because it's like. He played everything on it, so like I'm literally listening to Prince, like because you usually you're listening to like you're listening to like ten people really. That's what you really usually listen to. Yeah. You think you listen to that artist, but no, you listen mm-hmm. to about twenty writers actually. <laughs> right. Next question: Kanye West or Jay Z? Jay Z. 
Um, what? Okay, that was an easy one. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is your favorite song that you've written? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Honestly, timeless. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Nice. <laughs> we might revisit these later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good Kid, Mad City, or Timpimpa Butterfly? Ah, uh, dang, guys. <laughs> Good Kid, Mad City. Yes, correct answer. Uh. Just, just hungrier, <laughs> just, just hungrier because he is. It's a different. That's a different Kendrick vibe. Pimp and Butterfly, he's already like a star at that point. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. And, it, and it's not saying that it's anything different about mm. him, but I feel like when you when you haven't made it all the way yet, it's like you mm. got a different hunger. You know what I mean? I feel like his hunger on Good Kid, Mad City, mm. he'll never. Not saying that he won't get. I mean, no, it's real. I don't think he'll ever be at that point where he could write something like that. Like he can he can yeah. try to revisit that place, mm. but I feel like that was just yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was the, like when he put out that album there wasn't that was the album that like changed the pressure on his releases like once Good Kid Mad Kid uh, City came out all the other yeah, ones yeah, like, yeah. were so hyped and now like, they've got the huge expectations yeah. almost can't live up to them um, dream collaboration me Kendrick Anderson Park one track nice Oof. very nice I'd I would very much like to hear that. To be honest, <laughs> like we literally got all the air signs. I'm a Libra. Kendrick is a uh, is a uh, Gemini, and then um, Anderson Park is a Aquarius, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like that. Could, that could be mm-hmm. like crazy, because I feel like they get more people put them more in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not upping myself, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like I kind of fit in that conversation with them because like yeah. our, our styles are really similar. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's like like. Kendrick is the, the more rappy. Anderson Park is the 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 more musician esque, you know. And then yeah. I'm like, I'm actually more of a singer, mm. technically. Mm. I'm more more of you know what I mean. But I, I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of like in common, even though we all different in, in different ways. But we actually like we kind of blend into the same category, really. Mm. Yeah. We kind of crazy. Um, and then final question: NBA or NFL? NBA. <laughs> so, it's interesting to pick Timeless as your favorite song that you've written because that is, I mean, that's the start of Yancey Boys, isn't it? Is that the first song on Yancey Boys? Yep, yep. I spend so much time just thinking about nothing. Now it's time to turn. Yeah, the first song. Is it like a, a nostalgia to the first song that you've put out, or is it something that just connects with you about the song that makes it your favorite? Do you think? I don't know. I think it's like, you know, I hate to say it, like, I feel like it's like beginner's luck, and I just like wrote a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I go back, and I'm like, dang, I actually wrote a good song. Like, that one, and like, you know, like, even like All Good, which is actually the first song I wrote for that album. Mm. all good so it's like it's just moments like that you'll never get just because it's one of those things once you learn 
all the different rules of a, a particular craft. Um, you never get that beginner's kind of, uh, like, because in the weird ways, you have this kind of open, this crazy openness when you don't know the rules yet. Mm-hmm. So because you don't know rules, you have no lines to find you. But once you know so many rules, you can't help mm-hmm. but to, mm-hmm. I know this is supposed to be like this. I know this is supposed to be like this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you don't know a line exists, then you create your own lines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of... So like, it, like it's yeah. easier to be experimental if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, literally. Yeah, because it's like you don't, you know, because it's hard. Like once you know certain rules, it's hard not to think of those rules, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's like even now I'm learning guitar. As I get better at it, it'll be certain things that I'm doing now that I probably won't do later. You know, because yeah. I'll be like, yeah, that's just you just don't do that. You know what <laughs> I mean? But in the, in the beginning, it's stuff that you you just do it. You like you don't know that you're not supposed to do it. Yeah, you know? I think that's it's interesting that you said it because that kind of ties back to what you said about um, Good Kid, Mad City, and Spin Butterfly as well. But you could argue that like Kendrick was doing things on Good Kid, Mad City that maybe later in his career he was like thinking this isn't exactly how I should be doing it I should be doing it like this way and then as yep. a result well now you would argue that because he's in that mind frame I mean I have no idea I, I don't know what the <laughs> mind frame like but you could argue that now he's yeah. in that mind frame he wouldn't be able to go back because I guess we've been kind of like uh, ironed out mm. of him yeah yeah no exactly and then not only that like um like even for me like the home home album and then Shine Yancey album so my last two albums back to back um you know if I look back now I'm like ah maybe I should have tried to make another type of home mm-hmm. but at the same time it's just not natural it's like you know mm-hmm. after I make a project I'm not thinking let me make something exactly like this even if technically that could have been a good move it's like I feel like as an artist you you're trying to evolve so I feel like Going back to the Kendrick conversation, I feel like in his mind, like, that's the thing. We don't know how someone's thinking, but I feel like I know as an artist, you're trying to evolve. You don't want to do what you just did. If anything, if if you do something like you just did, it's almost like you haven't grown at all. Mm. Even if sticking to that could be like, like, yo, tell me, just do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Straight. But it's like, even though we say that, I feel like we we want that, but we don't. Cause I'm, I'm I'm talking as a as a fan of music like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I would love for like my favorite artist to make a project just like the last one that I like right and then they put out that new mm-hmm. one and I'm like it's kind of left uh, I only like a few joints but at the same time though <laughs> if they made something exactly like the other one I don't yeah. know if I would respect mm-hmm. them the same so it's like it's it's one of those kind of things just like you know uh, I'm on both sides of it. As, a, as, as I make music yeah. and then I'm also a fan of music so it's like I'm like ah do I give him something like this again but then I also want to evolve I also, not only do I want to evolve as a fan of music I like to see artists evolve too but at the same time though I can't front I do like certain shit from certain people like like if, you know what I mean like you, you want you want to see you hear them evolve cool but it's like I know for it's just certain people I like a certain sound from them and it's just what it yeah. is you know mm-hmm. it's like a hypocrisy as a fan to want the yeah. same stuff but also want new things and yep. want it to be the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny when we get we make reviews like ah oh, he didn't do anything but then he does do something different like ah oh, he went too left it's like yo what the fuck do I do man <laughs> but it's like I understand both sides so it's like I feel like 
it's kind of both. It's kind of like what you do is you you can how, this how, to me this is the formula that I've learned. It's like you evolve by you do all that new stuff that you you want to experiment with, and you just give them a few few joints that they familiar with. Like you give mm-hmm. them a little familiar and a little new with each project. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I what I've learned. Even with my even with my set list, you know, like. People like yeah, you got new stuff, but it's just what it is. Realistic, every everybody haven't heard all the new stuff. Because I'm a I'm a big fan of certain people, and I like I know it's it's just what it is. Like we're biased with the project we listen to, so it's like yeah, I love Lauryn Hill, but I listen to Miseducation. I don't know, mm. I don't know this unplugged shit. I don't know this other shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if some people they go to concerts concerts they know all of it or every album you know what I mean mm-hmm. but it's just mm-hmm. what it is the majority of fans of certain artists they know they have a particular album that where they learned about that artist that's the one you kind of stick to um Amy Winehouse is like one of the few people that where I like every one of her projects is just like yeah but like I still mm-hmm. have a special closeness to the album Frank just to be stronger than me you've been here seven years Because that's the that's where I learned about her. Like I was on tour 2007 in Berlin, uh, buying CDs. Like you know, you go, I'm buying CDs. It just takes you back. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's like I, that's when I heard her first. I heard that it was like strong, stronger than me. Fuck me, yeah. pumps, and help yourself. Those three joints hooked me mm-hmm. for her. And it's the same with her. Like, it was the same time I. Um, Heard I, I discovered her as I discovered uh, White Stripes uh, Elephant album, so it's like those two albums for me. Even though they have other albums, I will always gravitate toward those those albums. So if yeah. I go see them live, I want to hear something from there. Like you know what I mean? That's yeah. like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just what it is. We we put pressure on you know. That's the difficulty with seeing someone live that you're a fan of, like the early, the one project that you got into, and then they like have produced so many albums since then and you're like this isn't for me anymore yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you find yourself you're like looking around you don't know any of the words and shit it's like yo is this the same person it's like until like it's like the last song it's like yes this is the song I came for <laughs> yeah I went to see I went to see Eminem a few years ago and like I'd always wanted to see Eminem since I was a kid and then I finally saw him and I was like 18, 19 the first half of his set was like classics and then the second half was the new stuff. And I was like, I'm trying to just hear the classics to be honest. I don't really care about the new stuff. But yeah, then like, yeah, yeah. the crowd that I was in was quite a young crowd. So obviously they were more familiar with the new stuff. And then I felt like I was just a bit of a, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, mm. yeah. Where are you now? What are you, what are you doing now? Um, you, I think you said you live in LA right now. Yep. Um, yeah. So how are you? How are you finding life there? Obviously, there are the protests and the coronavirus going on. Um, how are you finding living in LA right now? I mean, yeah, it, it's good. I mean, I'm inside. Um, I mean, it's protests. Um, you know, the, like a lot of protests going on. You know, and it, it's good to see that um, because you know I feel like people like they saw like okay, cool, like all the all the officers got arrested for the George George Floyd. Uh, case right mm-hmm. but then like mm-hmm. you know 
it's still no justice for Breonna Taylor and this other. You know, it's it's a lot of work mm. to be done, and that's the thing. Like, it's 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 more issues like um, the uh, what is it, civil rights, like that. You know, as far as stuff like that, that's that's just one thing. It's so many other things. That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like. Mm. A lot of issues we need to see. like if we're gonna be tackling issues right now, let's tackle everything so that way we could, mm. you know, like if we got to delay another year, skip it, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like the movement has definitely been benefited by the virus and the fact that there's nothing else to talk about um, in terms of the daily news cycle. And yeah. so, like, every political message is being heard more directly across the world. Yep, yeah, yeah. exactly. I can't think of another time where there's been protests in every state of America. Yeah. And I also think that because obviously no one's at work, then it's never been kind of easier to organize these things because every like everyone's behind a computer, everyone's behind a phone, and then mm. you have all this time to go and protest. That's like, true. You can say that without that. coronavirus, like the, the protests would never have happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and but because see this is what's crazy to me, right? In in some kind of weird way. Like, like, I do believe in the seriousness of it too. But another part of me feels like it's like something fishy about the whole coronavirus situation, right? Mm. Like to me, it's something fishy about how all of that. Because like, you're looking at all the people processing, right? And if the coronavirus was so serious, then that would be kind of like, if it was that dangerous, right? That would be an issue. With, that many mm-hmm. people marching in that close together if it's supposed to be six feet apart but like we filling up a whole street so it's like to me that shows that it's like because it's either one or two things it's either going to be a bunch of cases going to jump up in the next two weeks or that was just bullshit the whole time but <laughs> and like you were saying in the weirdest way it's like that made way for all the process because mm-hmm. now because everyone's at home revolution boom yeah. <laughs> and, and it was funny I, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't plan for that. It was just more like, okay, we got everybody locked down. Let's keep everybody inside. And yeah. <laughs> like the the Minneapolis, you know that 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 just took over, and then boom, it was like whoa, you know. And it's like like you were saying, it couldn't have been a couldn't have been a better sign because like you know everybody's at home, and then you know people were already pissed because people lost jobs because of because it's like you got to think people are already pissed because they felt like the coronavirus was some bullshit and they lost their job because of it and they lose money. So it's mm-hmm. people already pissed because of that. And then you throw this on top of it. So it's like, you know, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, like like America had it coming and it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of stuff wrong with this country for years and years and years and years. So it's like, you know, it's, it's time. You know, I feel like everybody has their part in it. You know, for me, my part is like, like I speak as much as I can, but you know, I'm an introvert anyway. It's not like I'm ever like, hey, everybody, I'm trying to, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm a musician. So like, you know, to me, like, I feel like I should just do do my part through how I do it so it's like by putting a message in my music so that you know um, that reflects these times so something people can live by but not only that I feel like just being a black man in, in America and being successful to me that's that that alone is doing my part you know what I mean because it's like just the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing I can be successful and and, and be able to live the life I'm living is already is it's a, a statement in itself because like yo I'm, I'm from Coney Gardens, Detroit. I'm from the same hood as some of these other people that's the same as me and that haven't had the same opportunities that, that I've had. So it's like for me to do what I'm doing in my life is a is an example and a, and a you know what I mean. It's like inspiration for for other people like me that to show that them like yo like you can do it too if you push your 
your mind and, and, and your passion and put it all together and you really go for something you believe in, you know. Obviously, you being in America, you get more of a feel for it than we do here. I would say in the previous protests, like it's always felt like change wasn't going to come from it. Like it, it felt like there was just protest, but it wouldn't do anything. Uh, is there a different feeling there uh, in America now? Because I feel like this is the closest it's been to achieving something. Yeah, it, feel, it feels, it definitely feels different. I've never felt it like this ever in my lifetime. Like, this is like, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure if it's someone that grew up like in, in like the 50s and 60s, back in the day, you know, when Martin Luther King was still alive, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like this is the first time since that time there's been something this major probably. And this probably is even bigger because it's like even more people. Because like you were saying, people, everyone is at home. So it's like, you know, it ain't like it's like a bunch of people at work, like people like at home. So it's like, uh, it's easier to bring bigger groups of people together to, to do things like this. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty powerful to see, honestly, um, you know. Because uh, like I said, like, I don't take just the negative from it. I, I look at it as a positive. And, um, I mean, it's just what it is. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to go through it. But at the same time, I look at it like higher lows going toward a better thing because it's definitely, it's messed up the fact that we're still going through stuff like this. But at the same time, though, it's more of us in better situations than mm-hmm. in the 50s when that was happening. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but this time it's like, okay, instead of it just being something we talk about and then it just fade away, let's actually try to actually make some actual justice happen, you know, this time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm really hoping that, but it definitely feels different um, for sure. Because I've never seen protests in every state all at the same time. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, what's happening right now? Yeah, it's... It's kind of like it's like a movie, honestly. It's like, like mm. yo, like I this mean, year is a movie, seriously. Twenty twenty movie. That earlier, like, <laughs> when I was walking around and I just saw everyone with their masks on, I was like, this should be a film. Like, I feel like <laughs> it would be like a scene of just a a virus that takes over the world, and everybody just is trying to go along with their daily life. <laughs> Like it would be some sort of comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like really like whoa. It's like like you're saying like the mask thing. Um, cause like when I when I traveled to like Asia before, like I've seen people with masks and you know because of mm. pollution and stuff like that. But like I'd never been in the states and everywhere you go, like you know you go outside, mm. people with like masks yeah. on. You go to the store, it's like. <laughs> like yeah. you can't you know you can't come in a store without a mask and it's like what this is crazy yeah it's crazy people's commitment to have maintaining a normal life in like in a situation which at first seemed like it's going to be the end of everything and then everybody's just yeah just adapts and makes it their new normal yeah but that's the, that's the thing that's what we do we we naturally it, it's it's weird like sometimes like uh humans have to be put in certain situations to tap into uh i don't know tap into other parts of our potential or, or I don't, you know i don't know if it makes any sense but it's like it's almost like for example if person a wasn't put in this situation then they would have never exercised this this skill that they they didn't even know they had this other skill but now that they put in this situation now they realize oh man i have a whole nother skill set that i never would have used because if i wasn't in this situation i wouldn't even know i could do that so mm-hmm. it's like i feel like you know we naturally humans we that you know it's like okay oh so this is how it is now okay mm-hmm. Well, we got to figure it out. You know, we, this is what it is. We figure shit out. We figure it out. Okay, cool. Now we... Okay, this is... Everything is inside. Okay. How am I going to sell pieces? 
Like, you know, like it's just whatever. Like, literally, that's that's what everybody, every industry. And I think that's the good thing about now is because it's like everybody's at square one right now. Like, believe it. Like, no, it's like yeah, certain people that's already ahead. They saw they, you know, the future, or whatever. But like, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody is at square one. Venues, like every business from, like, I don't think it's ever been a time in history where it's like everybody's at square one trying to figure out how. What is, so okay, so how do we make money now? <laughs> That's really what everyone's thinking. Like, okay, so do are people going to be weird about being around other people? Like you know, like it, it's yeah. even shows. I, like as an artist, I'm sure sure we're probably going to get to this. But I was like, I'm thinking about will it ever get back to packed out venues? You know mm. what I mean? That's that's what I, that's what I'm thinking about because like that changes the whole vibe of like how how will a live performance be if if that. If it's not like that, you know? Yeah. You were talking before about um, really admiring musicians where they are the music, like they play all the instruments. Um, Did you grow up playing any instruments? And also um, tell us a bit about like growing up with the kind of music around your family as well. Like you said um, last time about like the family sessions you'd have together and things like that. Um, so, so yeah, so I, like I, I took piano lessons when I was younger and then, um, mm-hmm. but I started to really teach myself uh, when I got older. So like, it was like, it became more of a self taught thing even though I had lessons when I was younger. Um, and then um, like I dabbled with bass guitar, I love bass guitar and um, also like, like keys, I'm the I'm the, I'm the I'm the best with keys, but like I would say I'm I'm record ready, I'm studio ready when it comes to bass and guitar. <laughs> like I could perform like a little bit, but like you know, for me it's about how I can use them in the studio as instruments to 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 um you know to to produce music and stuff. But like I'm working to getting better at guitar so I can eventually you know perform with it like I can on uh, with keys but um but yeah like I I've honestly I've always wanted to produce all of my music from the beginning but I didn't have all the tools when I first started um mm-hmm. and uh, and like you were saying like my fam like my, my dad he played keys both his parents played piano so my my brother he played a lot of instruments too that's what people don't know like not just like Cause I know people mostly see him with his NPC, but they don't understand. Like he can read music, and you know he played clarinet, he played cello, so like he can, you know, he actually is a musician. Yeah. So um, for me, that it's important to me to just because to me, as a musician, like I I already have some respect for respect for someone who who masters the instrument just because I know the work that it takes to master that instrument. So it's like. Mm-hmm. That alone already gives me another level of respect for you as a musician, just seeing how you handle that that instrument. And then, um, well, you know, and, and that's the thing, it could be your voice too. Like, so it's a voice is an instrument just as well, you know, so, um, but like, you know, to see someone that's playing all these instruments, to me, it's just, it already shows their discipline to their craft. So it's like, already before I even listen to it, the fact that I know that I go into the music already with a, whole, a, a completely open mind because I see them like I, you know what I mean. You see them as a musician, so it's like your mind is already mm-hmm. more open. Like if someone is just a singer or just a rapper, it's just what it is. You have a more closed-minded view in listening to them mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, I'm listening to a rapper right now. I'm listening to a singer. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to Stevie, you listen to Prince. You listen to a musician, so it's like 
Okay, I'm curious to what musical world they're trying to take me to. I don't know where mm-hmm. they're gonna take me, but it's like mm-hmm. I'm ready to go for the ride. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. you know, and that's like what I love about listening to. You know what I mean? Like they take you for a ride. Um, do you feel like you get more enjoyment from the music if you feel like it's the musician's vision and like you're going with them? Yeah, but I, I will say though that it's it's not just that too because like. I mean, good music is good music, so it, it doesn't always have to be tied to that. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it does help though. It, it makes the experience better because, like, honestly, mm-hmm. most of the people I listen to, if, if it's not, if they didn't produce it, I mean, that's the thing. When you listen to a band, technically, technically, they did make it because it's all because it's the band makes like all the, like they're all pieces of like all of that. You know, he played the drums, guitar, about you know, mm-hmm. etc. So it's like, yeah, like I do. Actually, yeah, you are right. Cause I, I was gonna change my point because I was thinking about what if it's a band. But I'm like, actually, if it's a band, it's, it's the same thing applies because they mm-hmm. are, you know, like Alabama Shakes is Alabama Shakes. So it's like, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, which is they're they're, they're sick. Actually, I love, I love that band. I just yeah. listened to them the other day. Yeah, <laughs> really dope. Yeah. Do you think? voices play a big part in your interest in music then because like amy winehouse britney howard like and stevie and like most of the people you mentioned it's like a as much as it's the instrument the voice is the clearest passage through the song and they've all got like really powerful voices and definite like really recognizable tones um yeah voice is definitely a big part of it i mean don't get me wrong music um i mean my brother proved that you you don't even have to have vocals um Mm. on it but if it, the music feels a certain way you know you know yeah you feel it but like uh mm. it's just what it is like you add the, the full-on human connection with the voice so it's like that the voice like touches you right away so it's like the music already vibing with like that's what i'm saying britney howard her when her voice hits the, with their music is it's oh man it's just crazy it's like mary's is like i feel like i'm in a different era or some shit when i'm listening to their music like it's like where am i because you know it actually mm. takes you somewhere you know it's like like a lot of music is like so tied with the particular era that it came in. so it's like you listen to that song and it's like yeah i'm in 2008 or i'm in you know but then some people's mm-hmm. music is like it takes it's like damn i don't even know where you know and i always look for music that's like that it's mm-hmm. like that just takes me in that on a journey where it's like pulls me all the way into it you know yeah it's interesting that you said um like i listen to music and you like can recognize era because your debut album yancy boys was made in 2008 and they have featured beats from the 90s and obviously in 2008 the kind of the hip-hop charts were dominated by people like kanye west and graduation and lil wayne so did you feel like putting an album out that had like a 90s feel to it in like late noughties hip-hop were you, did you think that it would fit in there? Were you worried? Were you concerned? Like, how did you feel about releasing it? Um, well, well, pretty much how that album came about was um, Delicious Vinyl already already had these tracks um, from when my brother was working on Farside back in the day. So um, when I when I met Mike Ross, he approached me about a compilation project where he would have various artists uh, on this project, and um, basically that turned you know us meeting him hearing my music turned into that that project turned into an illustrated solo project basically. Mm-hmm. So it turned mm-hmm. into a solo project for me. So 
um, I mean, that wasn't my plan right away, but um, I definitely vibe with the music just because I've been listening to my brother's beats in the basement forever. So it's like I was already comfortable with the sound. Um, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I did feel like it put me in, like it put me in a weird position. Like I wasn't thinking that when I was making it, but like afterward, I didn't realize how, like, oh, damn, I'm in like in a weird place in the market because right now hip hop is shiny and, and glossy. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like my album is like a few years late, but mm-hmm. it's like weird. It was a few years late and a few years early at the same time, <laughs> because like a few years after my album came out, everybody went back backpack. It's like yeah. so weird. So it's like I was that's what I'm saying. I came out in the I was like in a weird time because I was like it was like shiny backpack hip hop <laughs> when I came out, <laughs> and then it's like eventually it went back to that, and then so because because yeah. it was like what my the sound of my album that, that which is so weird, the sound of my first album used to be the mainstream hip hop. Mm. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, but now then when I come now out, it's the underground. It's underground. <laughs> it's like it's so trippy how that works, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then some years later, Kendrick brings that sound back up to a more, you know, I guess mainstream, you know, because I mean, it, it's not really a mainstream mm. or anything, but I, I just say like more in the forefront. That sound was more in the forefront. Mm. Came back, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, mm-hmm. and then it was like that separation. So it was like Kendrick. It's like you either Kendrick and Anderson, or you like. Uh, one of Little Wayne's kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with you, not well. It's not that you hadn't planned it as your like first release, but with you not kind of realizing that it was going to be your first release until they'd come to you and said, was there any sort of pressure to make it in the way that they had planned it being? And do you feel like, I mean, it's interesting because you said that Timeless is your favorite song and that was like your, the first one you've made. Yeah. How do you feel about that album now? And how did you feel like at the time it was the album that you wanted to make? Um, when I made it then, I was just, honestly, I didn't know anything about the business side and marketing, any of that. Um, There's a lot more I know mm-hmm. about that. And like, when I look back at it now, it's just more technical things um, that I look back back at like when it comes to lyrics and even how promotion and stuff but at the time it came out honestly I was really excited for my first campaign album Mm -hmm. um it was just it was an exciting time I just wish I was more prepared because I didn't understand how everything in the campaign was so tied together you know with shut like you know it it Mm -hmm. all pieces together I get that now but um I mean you know you learn you know what I mean but um like I was saying looking back at it now the things I would change would be like small things just like uh, it would be honestly, it would be more marketing things. It would be more like I would have made Timeless a single. That would be mm-hmm. my first single or something like you know what I mean. Timeless and All Goods be a single instead um, mm-hmm. because it's like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more of a singer anyway. If I had to put that single first, because that's the thing, I sing on later albums, but it's like technically I'm singing on my first album, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's all how you market it. You know, my singles are we here. And are you listening? So it's like more basis of rap artists. But if I were to put mm-hmm. Thomas as my first single, I guarantee that would have changed the outlook on, on me as an artist. Because mm-hmm. of that, because of literally, okay, you've never heard Yancey voice. If I just play you Thomas, you're like, oh, dang, singer songwriter. Automatically, mm-hmm. automatically. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Mm. It's crazy. Like, like literally, that changes my career just by putting that song out first. You know, but it's like mm-hmm. I don't regret. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't regret it at all. But it's like I, w- I know that that could have possibly helped steer me in a different direction by going there first because it's like by going the rap direction. You know, it's just what it is. I have to face direct comparisons with my brother. But if I kind of went the timeless route, then I can automatically mm-hmm. kind of get around that and be like, ah, I'm a singer-songwriter. So they yeah. so they can't really, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I eventually got around to do that, though. Yeah, so, like, the, and Yancey Boys, then, like, obviously most of it is rapping, and then in your most recent projects, then it's been a lot more singing. Did you feel pressurized to do more rapping than singing? Or was it kind of, like, your choice at the time, and now, like, you kind of just wanted to go in a different, like development as an artist or how did it come about it's kind of both like uh i know it's some tracks i was actually singing more on and then uh mike ross convinced me to add a rap verse um you know uh-huh. and then um and i said i've went through that a lot in my career where i was kind of back and forth because i love the art of writing rap but mm-hmm. vocally i'm a singer more but then it's like that's just one layer of it. It's like so many layers to it for me. Cause it's like, cause I was saying, I, I like the rhythms and all that shit. So it always, it always comes down to like how people view you as an artist, which is kind of important. Cause it's like, it doesn't seem like it's important, but it's like after you put out a project, that's when it becomes important. Cause when you're making it, you're like, whatever, I don't care if they sing a rapper, I don't care how they see me. But then when you put it out there, it's weird how it starts to matter because it's like, if you put something out there that doesn't represent you as an artist, then it becomes a problem. Cause it's like, shit, like, it's a good project, but I feel like they still see me as this. It's a good project, mm-hmm. but they still see me as this. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a constant battle of like, trying to paint the perfect picture for people to see me as an artist. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's like, I want to rap good, but I don't want them to think I'm just a rapper. I want to sing good, but I don't want them to think I'm just a singer. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. like I really just want to be like, like for real, will I am kind of like just all over the place category. Like I want to be in that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know what to expect from him. That's really because mm-hmm. to, to me, the, at the core, I'm super eclectic. So I was like, I like I love all types of music, like rock to mm-hmm. to indie to like you know electronic hip hop, all of it. So it's like I want my my pro, my future projects to reflect that you know what I mean? which which I'm working on because I feel like I I won't say I force but I said I feel like I obligated that I have to stay in a certain category in hip hop soul but it's like on the self-titled project the one I did with say that people that was the first project where I started to branch out and kind of do mm-hmm. okay I did a little funk like a song that's kind of like it's not just hip hop living the dream getting cookies and cream yeah they put me in grease getting nooky for free getting all those freaks hitting every week ladies be on sneak slippery like snake Get a piece of that steak, get a piece off that stack. Be the apple of the eye, that's why they call me the Mac. The folks stack to the sky until they fall on their back. And now they laying on their back with their back on my flag. Even then, even though I changed musical direction a little bit, it still was tied to the same category in a way. You know what I mean? Because like you could do a funky track, but it's just... Like, like okay, give you an example, like Snoop, right? So Snoop, Snoop do all different types of music, but it's like, he do a funky track. Right, some dancey shit. Like when he did sexual eruption, right? It's like some other shit. He's singing, but you 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 still don't. It, it's not like ooh, Snoop the singer. You know what I mean? It's like it's just yeah. Snoop doing. <laughs> like you get what I'm saying? You know? So it's like that's one of the hardest things is to like paint 
a picture of people to show them that you're more than what you are. It's like, cause yeah. it's like if you have rapper as a label, right? Then it's hard for people not to ever take that off. You know what I mean? Like the only person I've seen been CeeLo's the only person that did it successfully. Mm. Where he was mainly known as a rapper before, and now people only know him as a singer. Like people don't even know he rapped. Like yeah, she go rap. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know that he raps till very recently. <laughs> yeah, but you get what I'm saying though. So it's like yeah. for me, yeah. it's like I want to get to a point where I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I have so much respect for someone like an Andre 3000 because he's like in that category mm-hmm. where he can literally do anything. It does not mm-hmm. matter. Like for that's what I'm saying. For real, for real's in that category. He could rap, sing, do a country song. It's like yeah, for real, mm-hmm. musician. You know. So it's like that's. That's why I'm trying hard to get in that position. So, because I feel like once you get in that lane, it makes it, it enables you to be more free because people don't expect a, a specific thing for you. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, because like mm-hmm. being a niche, uh, uh, it's a niche or whatever. But you know what I mean? Being like a niche artist yeah. is like a good and bad <laughs> thing. Because like it's good mm-hmm. because you have a, a specific fan base, but then. The only bad part is like, in a way, you kind of limit it. It's difficult to create your own sound. And because like Andre, even though he's still, he is so like multi-talented and will do so many different styles with his delivery and whatever he's doing, it's still very much like an Andre sound yeah. constantly. You, you can still instantly associate it back to him. And it's interesting how you can manage to vary what you're doing entirely and still keep yourself at the core and still keep the same like creative route, if that makes sense. Yeah. Actually, you know what? This person did it the best. I say this person <laughs> did it the best. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Interesting. It's always Jay-Z. Yeah. This shit is wicked on these mean streets. None of my friends speak. You're trying to win, but then again, maybe it's for the best though. Cause when they seeing too much, you know they're trying to get you touch. Whoever said illegal was the easy way out. Couldn't understand the mechanics and the workings of the underworld. Granted, nine to five is how you survive. I ain't trying to survive, I'm trying to live it to the limit and love it a lot. Jay-Z is Jay-Z in a business suit. He's Jay-Z in a rockerwear jersey. Jay-Z yeah. is Jay-Z on a hip-hop beat. He's Jay-Z on a Timbaland beat, on a Pharrell beat. It's like mm-hmm. Like, you never feel like he's trying to be something else. He yeah. always makes it his. Like, he's one of the few artists that's just, like, unapologetically Jay-Z. Like, like for example, like, Beyonce. Like, yeah, it's Beyonce, but you can tell when she's trying to fit in with the kids. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, okay, she's trying to blend in with the young generation. When, <laughs> when Jay-Z does it, it feels natural. It feels like he's not trying to. It feels like he just is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just Jay-Z over a trap beat. Okay. It's not like Jay-Z <laughs> trying to fit in with the kids rapping over a trap beat. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like certain artists, you could tell they're trying to blend in with the new generation, but they don't just... It, it, it's not seamless. Like, you could tell the transition, but, like, Jay-Z is, like, one of the few artists where he just... He just, man, he, he just naturally just... Just seamlessly just transitions into each, each era and is still mm-hmm. relevant. It has no yeah. Instagram. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's like, he's the only person. Like, like, imagine Beyonce has an Instagram. Let's think about that. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and Jay-Z don't even have an Instagram. Secondly, he's like the, 
played with like the most the most wealthy musician. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because because like we were talking last time a bit about like artists with mystique, but they all pretty much have Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like, they still have a social media platform, even if they don't do anything with it. Yep. Whereas Jay Z has just bypassed that whole thing. Now, now I have an interesting point for you. So think about this. So it's like think about the musicians that have to do this and they to stay relevant, right? Movie mm. stars don't need Instagram pages. Think about it. A movie star just you just movies are so big that you just know like I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise does not have an Instagram. Like it's like big actors like that. <laughs> but we will always know who Tom Cruise is. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what's crazy to me. It's like like a musician, you have to somewhat stay connected to the people to stay relevant as opposed yeah. to like a movie star that just like Oh yeah, I saw Batman. <laughs> Everybody saw Batman, you know. <laughs> but it's like, you know, but like for, but that's to me that's what makes Jay Z's mystique so dope is because like he he you know as a musician for him to have that type of mu- uh, mystique is kind of crazy because he's not a movie star no shit you know what I mean he just like because like you think about it he never really strayed too far from the underground he's still damn near underground Jay Z how he like that's what I'm saying it's like. He's like the only person, like damn near, like underground and mainstream at the same time, and like full, like he, he did it, and like Prince is another person. It's like mm. Prince is really still Prince. Like if you think about the later Prince albums, he wasn't on the Billboard charts and shit like that really, but he's still mm-hmm. selling out O2 Arena, though. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's what I aspire to be. Is like an artist that's like still somehow considered underground, but like killing it though it's like how does where's he making money like how does because you know what I mean it's, it's investments yeah exactly but no one would know like yeah because to me it's a cool mystique it's like because like it's kind of cool to be like people think like yeah it's just like this like this underground rapper right but then like like imagine like this underground person like mm. Like it's actually more wealthy than this person that's like super famous to me. Mm-hmm. Something to, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something's cooler about that to me. Cause this this guy can get around every day. You can't even walk outside without people. Oh my god, it was a lot. But like this guy is walking past you, <laughs> and like probably half more money. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. To me, that's like the dopest mm-hmm. thing to me. That's why I like I don't know. Like I'm. That's why I like the whole. It's this whole thing about rock stars is kind of dope to me. It's like like Amy Winehouse. Like she wore like these like the same fucking pair of like shoes like every day and like yeah. she like had like a fucking hit record on billboard like, you know what i mean like <laughs> like you got a number one record on billboard and you you wearing the same chuck taylor's for two years straight like and it's like it's because it's dope to me because it's like yeah i'm the same amy that didn't have a deal mm. yeah i just happened to mm. Like, you know, and there's something that's dope about that to me. It's like, it makes those people more real to me because it's like, because to me, if like, if you have to show me, like literally people that do that, it's like, okay, let me go buy something so people know that I have money. Mm-hmm. It's like, I believe you. It's cool. Like, you, like, <laughs> like, you don't have to show, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, move, that's what I'm saying. Movie stars don't have to do that. Mm. Yeah, we know that. Like, it's like having <laughs> to prove your success, to prove that you've made it to a certain level. Yeah, it's just you have to flaunt it. Yeah, it's yeah. unnecessary. I'd rather have a have like a 
spend that money on a dope trip or like, you know, or like, yeah. you know, like, I'm just saying, if you're a musician, like, why don't you have that? Your, why don't your pride be your studio? You know, like, yo, like, mm. like, I'd rather you be like, yo, I just bought this crazy ass guitar. Then mm. show me you got this. Ooh, okay, cool. You got a big chain. Now, if you, if you're buying jewelry for the sake of investing in um, precious metals, like as an investment, <laughs> then that's a different thing. Okay, cool. Mm. I'm gonna buy a bunch yeah. of gold and silver and put it in the safe. I'm not mad at that. That's a different thing. Yeah. But it's like if yeah. you buying it literally just to show people. Hey, when you're getting like the custom pieces and shit, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's not like, gonna resell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, cause I get it for them. It's like if if you haven't seen that kind of money before, you're looking at it like, oh my god, just to show everybody, look, I spent twenty. But it's like you spent twenty thousand, and I'm like, that's crazy. You could have invested that money and then doubled that, yeah. <laughs> or tripled or quadrupled that. That's why. That's how I look at it now. It's like, man, it's like they buy. You bought a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars chain. I'm like, damn, I could have. I could have took that same money and turned that into like a million dollars. Like you know, like I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. People can like, it's so much stuff you could do. It's often yeah. with like the younger rappers that are first getting their money and then want to show it off, and they like have no guidance of what to do with the money yet. Yeah, kids. And so that's why that's why they're proving that they've made it by having just the flaunt it again. Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense though. Your kids, they, they. I mean, like I, I know if I was 19 and I like. I got a ten million dollar record deal. Oh my! I would be, re- I would be stupid, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like you get, you get that money at twenty, man. Come on, man. Like you, I can't even front. I know I was like, yo, I was like, okay, why not? I'm, I'm about to go get a, I'm about to go rent a Lamborghini or some shit just because I can, you know. Uh, it's just like honestly though, it's like, I think you know, only thing that sucks to me is that they don't have enough people around them to guide them. You know, because I think that that's the only thing they're missing. I, I feel like that's the one thing that's misunderstood about this generation. It's like we all have to look back and look how the generation before us looked at hip hop when hip hop was new. It's like, oh, these kids, and, and then now we're the same ones. At least, well, I'll say people my age just looking at these young kids, like, oh, look at these crazy ass kids. But that was like, mm. that was us. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> at some point, you know. So it's just like. It's just what it is. It's like, it's like it's always a new generation that comes and like, they like it's 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 tough for someone to say to a generation younger than you. But it's just what it is. It's like these little mm. motherfuckers are like advanced. Like, like, <laughs> I, like I will say though, it's one certain things in my generation that I'm thankful for is that I didn't have the same technology and shit that they had coming up, and I didn't have the same opportunities. So. My work ethic is just on another level, and I feel like people. Uh, if you came from a certain era, it's just like it's just it's just what it is. You have a different work ethic just because you didn't have everything that they had, you know. So it's like, yes, yeah, it was just different, you know. What I mean, you had to get a record deal or something like that. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm gonna just put it out my music on the platform, like, no, nah, you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's just you know, it's yeah. just different different work ethic, different times. But like, I I, re- like I, said, I respect the kids. I understand. Like, I tr- I try to listen sometimes and try to understand why they like what they like. I just listening to it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, I'm not mad at the hook. Like that's how I listen. This how I look. Cause that's how I do. I, I, I listen to it. I'm like, boom. I'm like, oh, okay, the hook. Oh, I, I, the hook is dope. I'm like, okay, I like the hook. And but then it's like certain parts. Some stuff is like, ah, 
it's a dope flow, but it's like you could have said you could have said something better than that. But it's like, mm. but I can't help that I have certain things I'm gonna think about. I'm a, it's just what it is. It's, it's um, as a musician, it's what it is. Like musicians judge other musicians naturally because as a musician, you're gonna you your first thought is what you would do. It's just what it is. So it's like. Mm. That's why it's not necessarily good to play a show in front of a bunch of musicians. Because <laughs> it's, it's not the best crowd. It's just what it is. Every, everybody's mm. picking your performance apart. They're like, uh, mm. he didn't play that chord right. Uh, I would have played this chord. Like, you know, uh, uh, mm. you know, but I mean, I, I, it's only natural, though. You know, I feel like um, at the end of the day, though, it's like, I feel like we should all study each other because, like, we, we could learn so much from each other. Like, I learned... I learned a lot listening to the younger generation, just as much as I learned from listening to like the older shit, you know. Because like, mm-hmm. it's like certain shit I learned from them. Like, ah, oh, I never would have tried that. You know, maybe I'll try that. You know. We were talking quite a bit before about, uh, well, last time about the difference in performing across different countries. Do you think the like idea that anyone can be a rapper or be a musician? is why it's particularly in the US why it is different when you're performing there and there's more like a a tension and a critical feeling in the crowd not critical you know what I mean like more pressure to perform you know what that's a good point (laughs) the fact that everyone thinks they could be a musician right and especially here Mm. in the states right I feel like it makes people automatically judgmental as soon as you say that you're an artist Mm-hmm. So it's like that. That's what, they already judging you right there. You say you do music, they already judging you before you even start because it's like a, it's almost like a thing. It's like a stigma or something like that because it's everybody, everybody in their mom want to be a rapper. So it's like as soon as you say you rap mm-hmm. or do music, it's like ah, uh, uh, it's like they they mm-hmm. they already don't believe you as soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you, because every you know what I'm saying because everyone does it. So it's like so imagine like that. That's how it is when they go to your show. It's like ah. Uh, Another hip hop performer. Oh, okay, another. Yeah. Mm. You know. Okay, whatever. I can do that too. You know. So it's like I feel like that makes it like that. It's not. It makes it almost not special just because it's so many people doing the same shit. But at the same time, though, it's a good thing for people who are really good musicians because you automatically stand out when people see you. They're like, oh shit, he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. That's that's the good thing. For, you know, life for me. Like I I actually look forward to. Cause I, I I perform more internationally. I don't really perform in the states that much, so it's like I kind of look forward mm-hmm. to doing shows here, just because it's kind of like I know like it'll be like that shock factor because I know mm-hmm. they don't know I do as much as in my shows they think I do. Cause I, I I'm pretty sure people think I just stand on stage and I just like sing and rap mm-hmm. and that's it. But like they don't know I I have like my NPC and I'm like I'm playing keys and like you know I'm like mm-hmm. doing a lot of shit on stage. So it's like um, honestly I think it's a really good time for performers to step up their performance, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like people coming back out will appreciate being able to go to a live show. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. if they're going to step out, I'm pretty sure they're more likely to go to something that's worth stepping out for, you know? But then, like like you were saying, talking about crowds, um, yeah, it's like, in the States, definitely, you got to be a little bit more aggressive to the crowd, I feel like. And I feel like... Um, Internet like Europe, UK, and the UK, different places like that. It's um, like people. It's just what it is. Like I feel like it's not a misunderstanding. Like I go to the UK. This like yo, we all came for this vibe. 
let's go have fun with this vibe. You know what I mean? I, that's that's what I get from the shows, at least from my experiences. Like I feel like, hey, we all want to hear some soulful hip hop tonight. You know, it's not like we get to the venue and like, oh, we're not sure what we want to hear. We kind of came tonight. My homie, he's a DJ. He invited me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's kind of yeah, like the, yeah. LA, the LA crowd is like that kind of. It's like, it's a lot of invites of invites of invites. So it's like, you know, mm. half the people there <laughs> just there because it's cool to be there because they backstage. And like, it's, the, it's like this whole backstage culture is just like funny to me because it's like, like to mm. me, that's like, the most boring place at the venue. It's like, I don't know why. <laughs> why would you want to be backstage? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. with some very like, cause like everyone's cranky. Like all the artists are cranky, and people like wondering why the artists are weird. But it's like, it's cause like, yo, you gotta understand. This dude probably haven't hadn't slept, you know. <laughs> and then yeah. it was like a bunch of people around. It's like, yo, yo, what's up? And he's like, yo, man. I'm hungry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because um, I remember I DJ'd at an event where like my friends have been putting it on. So basically a lot of the crowd was basically our own friends anyway. And um, all of them had kind of made their way backstage and there must have been like 15 people in the DJ booth when it wasn't a very big DJ booth either. I just looked at the crowd and just thought, if you just stood on the other side of this thing, then like... The crowd would be so much more packed and it would look a lot better than it is. But because you're all just back here, then like it looks kind of shit from from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand what's so special. Like it's like it's like okay, you have someone on the tables, you got someone on the mic. Okay. Yeah. I look from the crowd. I see. Okay, these people are actually doing shit. And then it's some. Okay, I see somebody standing there with a drink, vibing. I'm like, okay, he's not doing shit. Why is he there? Like you know, it's just like why I don't. Because it doesn't make you look cool, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, he knows yeah. DJ. Who's that? Like, I'm not like no one's. No one is thinking that. No one's thinking like who's that guy. You know what I mean? And, like, unless it's like, unless it's Jay Z. Like, oh shit, Jay Z behind the DJ booth. Other than yeah, that, no yeah. one. No, no one is looking. But yeah, I, I feel like now with the whole coronavirus thing, that that's going to change now. It won't be all these people backstage. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure this shit is about to change up. With, mm-hmm. with venues, it's like if they go back to live performances, uh, like the guest list shit, it's gonna be they're gonna change a lot of shit. Definitely, I feel like. Mm. Are you um, are you fearful about going back to performance in terms of how it's gonna change? Do you think that it? Do you think that performance will forever be different if they can't pack out the venues? Um, no, I I honestly think like the protests show me that because I'm like okay, mu- music is representative of that people coming together for one cause so it's like to me when I see the protests I'm like okay if people if people down to do that um people gonna go back to festivals because I mean festivals is like the same type of vibe just for music kind of you know what I mean so it's like um I'm like yeah like people they definitely they we they gonna be back out partying together all that shit real soon <laughs> like because like honestly like so. as soon as I saw that before I saw that I didn't know honestly but as soon as I saw the protesters, mm. I was like, okay, people, yeah, yeah. they're going to be clubbing soon, man. As soon as, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as they say, hey, it's safe, everybody out. Mm. Like, you talked a lot about kind of uh, performing in the UK. And also you said that like, Amy Winehouse is one of your favorite musicians. And actually, I became familiar with you through... Tom Mish. Religion and tradition don't belong in the same sentence. Soon as it becomes a routine, spirit is missing. Uh, are you people? 
people listening soon as it becomes a routine spirit is missing if you want your soul to be cleansed you need to listen to this lyrical soul that i am spitting this individual soul is on the mission do you feel like you have a particular connection with the uk and do you like see it above maybe some other countries that you perform in in europe um yeah i mean i have a definitely a really good connection with the uk i mean it's basically even when i look at my numbers it's Pretty much one of my like my biggest fan bases is there as far as like oh, really? I, I like a lot of a lot of my favorite music comes from there. Um like I said Amy, um like obviously, you know, Beatles, um, you know, like it's like yeah, Jesse J, super dope singer, crazy voice. Mm. I'm not I'm gonna be real, I'm not like a particular fan of her actual music. Like she's one of those few people that like I, I just like her voice. Like honestly, it's like mm. if you ask me about her songs, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm more of a like, I'll go just check out a performance of her singing because she's I think she just has a dope ass voice. Like honestly, mm. it's something about the UK and singers. I don't know. It's like singers that come from there just come out just like really good. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, it's a lot of really good singers from the UK. You know what I mean? Mm. With Craig David, man. Fucking um, uh, Marsha's a yeah. fucking beast. Marsha Ambrosia, she's a beast. Uh, yeah, man. It's a lot of good singing there. One thing that um, I wanted to talk about because we spoke about it last time um, and I thought it was really nice <laughs> was the kind of like the whole circle of you getting all your production equipment initially inheriting it from your brother and then it coming back like years later when you went to the shop if you don't mind telling that story just because i enjoyed it yeah no 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 it's it's crazy so it's like full circle like so so basically i've, I've always been a producer right i just never had all of the tools right so to do what i need to do so like a lot of my like obviously my first album my brother produced and um you know i work with say that people in Calvin Valentine on, on my last uh, the last three projects right so um, shout out to them super dope producers and um, I learned a lot from them for me it was just getting the right because I had always been making beats but it was just certain things I never had a my own sampler and stuff like that and um, I had access to my brother's gear but now a lot of that gear is in the museum uh, <laughs> in the Smithsonian Museum <laughs> so um yeah, but it actually all goes full, full circle to my brother. Beginning of 2019, all I had was... Um, actually, I'll go back to 2018 because basically I bought my first drum machine, which is a machine, right? And the day I got it, I called Amp Fiddler, which is the same guy that put my brother up on the NPC. And uh, I was like, yo, I got the machine. I'm mastering it. And then he's like, dope. He was like, but you need that NPC live. So... He hits up his guy. Shout out to Andy Mack. Um, next day, I get an email from Andy Mack. Uh, what's your address? We're sending you to NPC Live. <laughs> like, oh, shit. So, you know, that, that was a game changer for me because um, I'd always had good rhythm, rhythmic ideas, but I never had the perfect sampler or kind of like something to lock everything in on the grid and really make my shit, you know, tight. And um, starting 2019, all I was doing was looking for sidekicks for my NPC. And I was doing all these videos on my page to get the attention of a cop so I can maybe get them to sponsor me with some more gear. <laughs> Straight up, so, you know. And um, never, nothing ever happened. I talked to Roland. Roland never hit me. And, yeah, just happened to go into Sam Ash one day. And they were having a conversation at the counter about my brother and Dr. Dre. It's random. And then... Uh, <laughs> 
pretty much I got I became cool with one of the guys that worked at the store. And um, one day when I wasn't at the store, uh, uh, Novation Rep came to the store. He asked the guy, like, he, well, the guy basically told him, like, yo, blah, 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 comes in here from time to time. Yo, maybe y'all should link. So he hits me, like, yo, Novation guy came in here saying, you know, is it cool if I link y'all? I'm like, yeah, of course. And <laughs> he comes over to my crib with the launch pad and, like, all this Novation shit, right? Mm. Um, and that was a game changer for me because before, um, so so I'll, I'll take you even more full circle back. So so this is this is February 2019, right? And I'm, I'm getting all this Novation shit for the first time. And a few months before that, um, Andy Mack, um, the same person who get got me to NPC Live, I was in Amsterdam, and they were showing they were showing me it was me, Just Blaze, Jazzy Jeff, it was like all these people, in the, um, and they were showing us like. The first look of the Akai Force before it came out. Mm. So I remember fucking with it, right? But <laughs> anyway, fast forward, February 2019. That's my first time messing with Ableton, right? So it's like, when I first saw the Force, I wouldn't have known, honestly, if I would have got one right then, I wouldn't have known what to do with it because I had no idea what Ableton did. But mm-hmm. um, mm. through through working <laughs> with Novation, um, I learned I learned about uh, Ableton through the, through the launch pad. So it's like, through that, um, built the whole relationship with um, Novation. Shout out to Novation. Um, literally, like, I got my whole studio. Mm-hmm. You can't come in here without seeing Novation somewhere. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> seriously, it's like salute to them for real. Um, mm-hmm. But all that full circle, now I just uh, recently bought the Akai Force. And um, it's crazy because if I didn't master Ableton, I wouldn't have known what to do with that. So it's like, it's like literally all tied together. Like, mm-hmm. like, like my. My linking up with Novation, like, all that, like, ties into me learning, like, getting a car force. Like, I'm telling you, this machine, yo, it's like all my answers, yeah. like, everything, all my questions answered one machine. Like, yo, I swear, it's crazy. So, usually we like to finish off the show with some recommendations. Um, is there anything that you're listening to now that, you like to recommend or any f- just album that you love that you like to plug or anything like that? Um, I would say, I'm trying to think. I'll say Alabama Shakes album. I don't know if it's the second or first, but it's the album with Don't Wanna Fight No More. Don't cross them lines. What you like, what I That that album is fire. Um, Led Zeppelin two, I think it's two with a whole lot of love. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I, it just I was listening to that the other day. Um, and actually, you know, I like fun stuff like this. So it's like if you get a chance, listen to Led Zeppelin and then listen to the White Stripes, and then you you'll hear Jack White's. Uh, how he studied Led Zeppelin a little bit. Mm. You can hear it a little mm. bit if you listen to... Because, um, man, I don't know if he exactly studied them, but you could definitely hear how he was influenced by their sound. It's kind of mm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was listening the other day. But, yeah, that's something that... That's like a music... That'd be a fun music experiment if you have time. <laughs> to, like, listen, to, listen mm. to Led Zeppelin and then listen to White Stripes. Nice. Nice. Aaron, what have you got for us this week? Uh, I got a... Whew, I got two. So, the first is actually... <laughs> 
um, a film just because I actually posted about it yesterday just because I remembered it's 31 years since Do the Right Thing came out and it's like mad very very similar things are discussed in Do the Right Thing compared to what is still going on now with all the protests so it's worth a watch and that's also the film that has like fight the power as a constant throughout the film and then the other thing I was going to say is the Jamila Woods album Heaven I've spoken about it before but that is also really good to listen to now and the mm. Carrie Foe album uh, EP um, Cry for Help I think it's called also really good all, all good things to enjoy um, <laughs> what about you Jules <laughs> yeah I mean similar to you saying that like you feel like um, do the right thing has kind of got a lot of ties to what's going on now someone I know posted about mathematics by Morse Death and like how it's still kind of really relevant today and I was kind of like listening to it and looking through it and actually like all of the lyrics kind of still could be written about the world today mm -hmm. And it's also really cleverly written how he goes through the numbers and like the structure of the song. I think that is actually quite an underrated song, even though it's quite highly mm. rated. I feel like it should be talked about more in the ways that like, I don't know, All Right by Kendrick or Changes by Two Bag. Like, I feel like it should be on that level of mm. highly ratedness. But yeah, that's my recommendation for the week. Lovely. Lovely. Anyway, it was lovely talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Illa J. Thank you man. for doing this again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully next time you're in the UK, we'll definitely be able to come to one of your shows. Yeah, just lick up. Yeah. We're definitely. For sure, man. <laughs> All right. Until next time, peace out. See ya. Peace.